Hello, everyone. Stay tuned after the show for some of our pre-show banter. I think you'll enjoy it. That's right. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from April the 16th, 1996. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Tennessee Chad Austin. Hey, what's up, y'all? And this week, like I said, we're talking about April 16th, 1996. But, surprise, surprise for you guys, I didn't prepare them. We actually got a question from one of our listeners this week. One um, of our listeners. One of our <laughs> listeners. And Does his name start always, with an A? As I always say, it's not Mitchell. It's not okay. the Mitchell. Okay. <laughs> as I always say, if you have any questions for us, relivingtheextreme at gmail.com is how you can reach us. This is actually from a gentleman named Dave. And Dave wants to know if there was an ECW, if they were to create, essentially I'm paraphrasing, but if they were to create an ECW Hall of Fame, who would be the first two inductees into the ECW Hall of Fame? Uh, who wants to go first on this? Because I, I already don't like my answer. <laughs> I, I can go if you guys want me to. Sure. Please, why? Like why I throw um, I throw up this beer. Uh, first two would be I'd do Terry Funk and Ty Gordon. Thank you. I mean, thank God you you didn't go my route. Because I, 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 I mean, there I wouldn't would, be there there wouldn't be an ECW without those two guys. So that's that's who I'd say. Yeah, I would I would totally say Terry Funk for one, but my other one I was thinking like long term, and I kind of had to go with Dreamer. And okay, you know, I could I could have put Raven in Funk Spot as well, but I actually, somehow I had yeah, I wrote uh, when when I saw the question, the first two names, I honestly the first two names I wrote down were Terry Funk and Raven. So I think we all had Terry Funk. Obviously. Pretty much, well, there's there's no ECW without Terry Funk, and there's no ECW without Todd being the initial money guy. You know what I mean? Like the. I'm not saying I, that he was the that, best of it, but but that that the, reminds me of you know no, I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I it just right. put me in mind. Normally, when I go through like comments on wrestling groups and stuff, I just roll my eyes because it's all these guys having pissing contests and <laughs> shitting on each other. And but I did see one that made me laugh the other day because there was a guy that had, I forget what group it was in. It was some, some ECW group on on um, on Facebook. But he he pretty much made a post to. The extent of there would be no ECW if there wasn't Paul Heyman. So okay. then the next guy, the next guy comments and he goes, "There would be well, there would be no East. It's not Heyman. There'd be no ECW if there wasn't a Todd Gordon." And then the next guy was like, "Well, there wouldn't be an ECW if there wasn't a Joel Goodhart because of T TWA." And then the next guy cracked me up because he like he was like, "So there wouldn't be an ECW without." <laughs> Joel Goodhart's mother and father for birthing him. <laughs> it was just funny how they went down this fucking. There wouldn't be an ECW without. There wouldn't be. I just. I thought it was funny that it was ultimately Joel Goodhart's parents are the reason we have ECW. <laughs> what about what about Gilbert? Yeah, yeah. Did anybody early... did anybody make a case for him? You definitely could because he. He made it at least something different indie wise before Paulie even got there as far as booking goes. He well, was he already in. Yeah, he was already, you know, bringing in, you know, kind of letting letting shit fly and letting it be something different. Yeah, I'm uh, not saying like those guys aren't in it, but if I have to pick the first two guys, that's who I'd pick would be Todd and Terry. And I think the host of the ECW Hall of Fame every year should be uh Jay Sully. Yeah. Goes without saying, dude. Him and Stevie Wonder. No, don't even give him a script. Like he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> like light comes on, he's got that deer in the headlights look. He's sweating. Yeah. Sweating he through his suit. No idea what's happening. <laughs> then they just send Stevie Wonderful out there and don't tell him either. Like, you know. <laughs> and they're just standing out there and they're like, go. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I guess any one of our pretty much answers were fair. But but Todd Gordon, I guess you could say, probably would have to be, you know, right up there, you know? Yeah. 
I hope that answers your question, one listener. Yes, thank you, Dave, for your question. Next time, Archie, just text me. <laughs> Archie's made Archie has made like seven emails so far, so just so you can send questions to us for the. Yeah, speaking of speaking of which, when I was telling you earlier that I was going to do my show, and I couldn't mm -hmm. figure out how to log on to my show, I was going to do a, um. My joke was to my my soon to be X was it was uh, jobbers that start with the letter A, because it was about basically about the guy that she seeing and and she goes who archie mitchell <laughs> and that was my wife <laughs> doesn't even know anybody archie you're so famous so famous <laughs> at least in a, in a separated marriage well our episode of ecw starts off with joey styles into there's actually a lot to cover on this show actually um joey styles intros the show talks about how we are going to see footage Tonight from the massacre on 34th Street event, and that the next, uh, which show is it? The next big show at the arena. What's it? Which one is it, Aaron? As in Hostile City? Yes, Hostile Shitty. Hostile. I can never say that one. It's always Hostile Shitty Showdown. Hostile City Showdown is coming up this Saturday at the ECW Arena. Then we go to an interview with Shane Douglas from Madison Square Garden. And I'm assuming this Kenny Albert guy is from the Madison Square Garden Network. But what I wrote down here was, <laughs> I never knew Craig DeGeorge worked for ECW. <laughs> it's actually Marv Albert's son. Uh, all right. Uh, that's fine. I, I accept that. I accept that premise. But like the guy totally gave me, he was like, I was like, Craig DeGeorge? Yeah, I didn't know who he was either. I just assumed it was just somebody who was there, probably from the network. Mar I, I wasn't even Marv sure his name. It's Marv Albert's son, and he was like a, like you know, obviously got into the family business, not the lingerie biting part of it, but he got into like the sportscasting part of it, and he was an MSG guy, and and I it think it's all, funny because in the end, as far as I mean, as as far as I know about him, he might have been like ESPN or whatever, but I know he was, I know he's actually Mars kid and he did MSG and a bunch of different well, and stuff. But I think it's funny because Shane's like talking about how he's in the Mecca and he's returned to Madison Square Garden. It's like, you're in the restaurant, dude. <laughs> like he's, he's like, I don't see Shawn Michaels or Diesel around here. It's like, yeah, because they're in the, they're in the arena. You're in the Hard Rock Cafe inside Madison <laughs> Square Garden. They're in the locker room. You're getting chicken fingers. Like <laughs> I know I don't want to like degrade it or whatever, but it's like if you're gonna talk big, fucking don't do it from a Fuddruckers or whatever's inside the fucking. He was in Monk's Cafe lobby. <laughs> He's like, if anybody says shenanigans one more time. <laughs> The, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he was any good at all. The the pro well, the promo is another one of those. It's a symptom of of Shane's style at this time because, and I know at the end he puts over that the ECW arena is the new mecca. That's the whole point is that it's not MSG anymore. It's ECW arena, et cetera, et cetera. But Shane since spends so much time in his promos talking about the competition. He always did, it, and it just. It, it never to me and I'm not I'm not hating on Shane. I, I, I actually like Shane as a wrestler, but to me, his whole shtick through all those years, just he didn't come off. He came off as so such a little whiny bitch, I guess, is all I'm saying. Like, I don't know. The system, he got it out of the system by like 98. But at this point until like after probably barely legal, that's all it is. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. You're talking about them every week, and these guys don't even think about you. You know what they I mean? Don't even work it, there. It, it, yeah. Well, that and it's like it's like he's talking about Dick Flair and Shawn yeah. Michaels, and and this. And it's like they're not even talking about you, man. It makes it it it, it makes it. And I don't want to say it about Shane because I enjoy Shane and I I like him, but it, it's like bush league almost. It it cheapens it cheapens it, mm -hmm. yeah. like to a noticeable level. Like, oh, is there a chance that we might see, you know, Ric Flair? In no, there's no chance. 
Um, but yeah, like Aaron said, he he talks about Shawn Michaels and the click and et cetera, et cetera. And then he moves on to ECW business, discusses that it's going to be Douglas versus Raven at the ECW arena at the Hostel City Showdown this <laughs> Saturday. Slow down when I uh, I'll slow down when I talk about the showdown. Um, so it's going to be them for the ECW championship coming up Saturday at the ECW arena. So like I said, at the end, he kind of brings it to a, you know, brings it to a conclusion and it's about, it's about ECW and the ECW title. Uh, but yeah, spent too much time talking about the competition. Yeah. Hopefully that's what he was doing was just getting people's minds to just think about, Oh, is there a possibility? Yeah. No, there wasn't. We got Tully. <laughs> and, um, so then we get Joey in the ring with the intro at the ma massacre on 34th Street. Uh, we get footage of the ECW debut of Devon Dudley um, as Devon and Bubba are facing JT Smith and little Guido. Um, I was surprised that there was just a just I, I guess I didn't remember because, again, I haven't watched this first run in a long time. But I was just surprised that Devon just sh it showed up. We didn't have any vignettes or anything beforehand, you know, any of the promos or anything beforehand kind of introducing his character. I know they do one after this, but it was just surprised. I, I wasn't expecting to see Devon yet, I guess. Dude, he did some damage, Joe. Yeah. Oh, that was a hell of a debut, man. I would not – I I'm, I'm, I even told my mother that. I, I, I said, if I, if I was still working there, oof. <laughs> I'm glad I was gone by then. I still have that chair under in my head. Because I know yeah, I would have taken it. And I mean, well, sorry, I was just going to say, I'm sure that I'm sure that there was like a promo or whatever on that we didn't see from the actual show of like explaining what the Black Dudley boy was, but I don't think so. I think it comes later on. I'm just saying, yeah. in, like in this sequence, yeah. But I'm saying at the live show, it was probably like Devon comes out and explains he's the new Devon or he's the new Dudley boy, and and, well, and his character and his character is like the character. His character is like the character that's making the guys be serious. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's yeah, also the sure debut of the. I have to go back and look for that. And it's not only the debut of Devon Dudley, but it's the debut of the full-blooded Italians. Gimmick. Yeah, right. Yes, because Joey does mention that Damien Stone has been... I think it's funny that Damien Stone is the assumed name, and his real name is Little Guido. <laughs> like, <laughs> Little Guido sounds like the assumed name, <laughs> and Damien Stone... But anyway, it's all fun. It's wrestling, goddammit. It is what it is. They both yes, sound like is, works. <laughs> this is... Uh, Changing over of Damien Stone to Little Guido. Um, a quick question, and I know I could just Wikipedia it, but do either one of you know? Did Devon was Devon also trained by Johnny Rods? Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember. They, I know. I, I almost I almost want to say they were trained like around the same time. That's how they became friends. Yeah, I remember Bully talking about it um, afterwards. That uh, Devon came along, like he came along, like after Bubble was already, already like in training. You know, whether it was weeks or months or whatever, but yeah, I'm sure that Bubba had a, you know, had a had a, a step ahead of him. Mm -hmm. You know, and pretty and much probably, probably got got his foot in the door. That's what I was saying. He was probably like, you should see this bad looking motherfucker, and he's good. Dude. You know what I mean? Like Devon, like. I think he's, I think Devon is underrated. Like, I know the Dudleys were big and everything like that, but just as being just a in-ring worker and looking like a fucking badass, I mean, I, I, I don't think he gets talked about enough. Well, they had great, if you ever listen to, um, like, Bubba talk, like, Bubba was the guy who would pretty much, um, he would lay it out, like, the match. And then Devon would go in and fill it and, and fill in the gaps and put it together. You know what I mean? The the if, what, whys, and whens and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But but Bully would already have the structure of the match 
and Devon would be the all right. Now we're gonna do this as like the spots and shit, right. which I always thought was great how they got along like that, and they still do, which is amazing to me that two guys that spend that much time together, you know, it, it, that nobody's hardly anybody's career when he's spent that much time together ends that way, you know. Right. It yeah. always takes like the Hall of Fame to bring them together or some shit. Yeah. It's like the the Dudley Boys and Demolition. Those are the two like <laughs> and, and and the and the nasties. Those guys there, and, and that's what I was gonna say was, like, and I'm not saying that Bubba Ray isn't a good worker or anything like that. Like, I'm not gonna compare him like in ring to like Brian Nobbs, but that's <laughs> almost like if if somebody was gonna like compare it to something, I'd say like Devon's Jerry Sags and Bubba is well is and the, Brian Nobbs. The, you know, he's the he's the outgoing, boisterous, loud personality of it. But when you watch the Nasty Boys matches when it's fucking work time, Sags is in there, you know, and it was when it was work time, fucking Devon was in there. Yeah, well, Devon was it, like I, I agree, Aaron. I think he was like criminally like underrated as mm -hmm. far as being talked to talked about yes well and let's be honest and i know they had their most success through ecw and the wwf but also i i agree with you about devon but also as crazy as it sounds bubba didn't even really really bloom as a worker until he was until they were later in their run like with tna and shit when he became bully ray and i mean i think personally he got better 10 years into his career than he was the first 10 years of it. And I'm not saying he was bad. I'm just saying like, I don't know. It's because he, it's because he got like 157 pounds off his fucking body and started being able to fucking move. But there was cool. a time, there was a time when TNA impact, whatever the fuck it was called, where he was the only interesting thing on the fucking show. You know, I mean, he was the reason I would, he was the reason I would watch a clip. Of that company was Bubba just to watch to watch him, but but you also you also hit the nail on the head when you said about ten years in, because you know e even guys like me and guys like Bubba and all they always talk about it that most of the people that get into the business they usually don't get it until about ten years in, and you know eight, like for me I think it was pretty much around about eight ish, you know eight mm -hmm. to ten years, but I had been around the business for like most of my life anyway. Right, but yeah, as far like, as getting I, the getting the work down, yeah, about about eight or ten years. Like one of the most interesting things I ever heard a wrestler say, and it made sense after he said it was um, X Pac once on on his pod, like he had a podcast for a while. Like they brought up guys like Chris Masters and shit like that who he didn't knock him or anything, but he said it's crazy. He's like, because you used to start your career to wind up in the WWF. Now there's people starting <laughs> their career. Like you start in the indies to get to the WWF back in his day. Now there's guys starting in the WWF and then making it to the indies. That's a tough like, transition. They did, their least, they did their, like Chris Masters now is 10 times better than he was when he was in the WWE, you know, that type of thing. It's like, Jesus. I, I can, I can just, tell you firsthand that that is a tough transformation to make when you start out in the WWE and then, and, and you wind up on the Indies, you know, because it, it, it isn't the same and you're not used to that, you know, even mm -hmm. when it comes down to catering, you know what I mean? That's uh, what I know? thought. That's what I thought when I saw, um, when I saw Dolph Ziggler sh show up in, in impact, I thought to myself, all right, I'm not I'm not I'm not even in any way downplaying this guy. He's a fantastic fucking worker and he's been doing it for 20 years, but he's been doing it for 20 years in the WWE system. What a culture shock for him. It literally, like can you imagine? You've been in the WWE system for over 20 years and now you're all of a sudden here's impact. It's like, oh fuck, this is nothing. Like I I just can't imagine the sh the culture shock of that. It'd well, that's like, what he know, said. <laughs> be like going to work it. for I was just gonna say it'd be like going you're working for Walmart for 20 years and then all of a sudden you're working for a mom and pop shop well I mean I kind of went through that when I left Walmart and then went back but he said that he reached out at or actually the other way around when uh um like he said Matt Carbone or uh, Zach Ryder whatever his fucking name is <laughs> Matt now. Carbona Carbonara, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Matt 
he said that's the guy that called him and he leaned on to a lot because he was like that guy told me like you know this is the the state of the game that you're going into you know mm-hmm. but yeah it's just like i said i just i think devon's criminal criminally underrated and doesn't get talked about enough and i agree and is actually gonna make the dudley boy gimmick 10 times better coming in 10 times more believable yeah, yeah. Especially moving in, moving on to where they're going anyway. Like they're about to skyrocket. We see, yeah, and we see footage of Billy Black versus Hack Myers from the massacre on Thirty Fourth Street. We discussed Billy Black a little bit last week. Um. Then after the the Billy Black hack. Billy Black Hack thing, <laughs> and the uh, the D- the Dudley Boys and the FBI. We roll into a really, I and mean, I know they cut it up a little bit, but I really enjoyed. I just sat back and watched Sabu versus Mikey. I really enjoyed watching that. That was good shit, man. I wish I could have had that match with Sabu. I I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I you know. There's so much that I wanted to do with Sabu, and I knew that I couldn't. I just knew that I, I wasn't going to have the opportunity to do it. But, yeah, Mikey did a great job um, at least keeping up with him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah. the one thing I did notice was that table spot. My God. I, Jesus. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, that table. Uh, the one I've never the, seen, I've the never one seen a, I, I've never seen yeah. a table in that many pieces. Like, <laughs> Well, then no, I'm talking about the, the spot where Sabu would have missed the table anyway. Oh, oh, okay. okay. When he when he had the table like on the rail or whatever, and mm-hmm. then he went in the ring and did the, the, the triple jump over the top, and Mikey rolled. I'm like, dude, you missed the table anyway. He went completely over top of it. But yeah, when he broke the table, yeah. It's like a jigsaw and, puzzle. <laughs> and I, I know he did it a lot like throughout his career, but to me the chair like the leaping off the chair onto the top rope into the moonsault is always a fucking impressive to me I, 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 and it might not be as like as somebody that's like a worker or whatever but every time i see it i'm like that's fucking impressive man no it's it's not just, that easy the only thing that makes it um relatively easy is the fact that the chair is on the canvas because the cha- the canvas will will supply a little bit of stability to the legs, because it'll it'll suck the, the the legs in. If that would have you know you can't do that on a floor, there's no chance that, that chair sliding. You know what I mean? There, you know. Right. So that was the only that was the only way that could have worked. But that was brutal, man. But they have a uh, they, like I said, they have a really good match. This watching those two work was actually my favorite part of watching this this show this week. Um, and and, and I, I don't I don't mean to keep contri- like comparing things to like comparing it to other things and other promotions or whatever. But to me, this is kind of like to that ECW crowd. It's kind of like that um, match that Brett had with Kid on Raw. You know, where it's like the biggest star in the company is basically anointing this guy and showing you what he can. He because because Mikey's always been good and we've seen what he could do, but this was Mikey versus Sabu. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is the most you. This is the most vulnerable Sabu's been shown to be <clears throat> in the entire time that he's been there, and, and and like the endorsement afterwards with the handshake and the point and all that. Like he never did that with anybody else. Yeah, and I that's agree. what it is to me. And they also, and they also, in a way, used this match to what's the word I'm looking for? To re up on because you don't have mankind's gone, Mick Foley's gone, you know, Cactus is gone. So the stuff with Cactus and, and Mikey's over. So they kind of I think they also kind of did this subliminally in a way. Mikey hangs toe-to-toe with Sabu. In the it's the next phase of saying Mikey's a real man, Mike. You know what I mean? Uh, like they're re-upping, they're re-upping on that. Like like Joey he was a badass during the match. Yeah, like the but, whole time he was with Cactus, it was like he was bad because he was he was a badass because he was with Cactus. 
And when, the whole time he was TV champion, he won on flukes. This time he lost, but he lost. And, but he almost kicked fucking Sabu's ass. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he showed like, some bravado. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that Joey Styles even made the comment about Joey's about Mikey becoming a man or something like that. Okay. Right at the end. I must have missed it, but I really like I said, I really enjoyed watching it. The next thing is like Aaron said, um Sabu, you know, he shows respect for Mikey at the end of this, which gives Mikey the you know, gives him the endorsement. The next thing, I I watched this and I know what they were trying to do. The, I know what they were trying to do, but it just to me it was a popcorn fart. It didn't work. Um, we go from Sabu and Mikey, which was fantastic, and again I like Taz and I like Jericho, but this did not work. This just did not. Well, work. Half the other pe- half the other people involved, nobody knew who the fuck they were. Who was the oh, job referee just, guy? Yeah, it was, I put down the referee is the referee. I, I, his name literally in my notes is Sensei Guy. Yeah, is the referee. His name is Tom Delgado. And then uh, Taz and he's is supposed to be something. And, and they're is, like, oh, and this is here's Taz's trainer, Mango, or whatever. Mango. I fucking called it. <laughs> Not I, Mango. <laughs> I wrote down Taz's partner, Mayonnaise. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who any of these Mango. It was Mako. And then there, uh, the only other thing I wrote was this is at least like the first appearance of Chris Chetty. It's like, well, I know who Chris Chetty is. I don't know. Who, they didn't name him here, but Taz's nephew's out there. But it's like you got Mango and Tom Delgado. And <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know any Bill of Bill Alfonso. People. And Ma- I know and Mango looked like shit. Like he's like a pale. Like he's his his skin was as white as his fucking ghee. This was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. Stupid. A shoot fight too. Yeah, and like I said, that's what I wrote down here. I know what they're trying to do because they're trying to build tech. Because at this time, um, the UFC is a big topic of conversation. You know, in the states, I know what they're trying to do with Taz's gimmick. But this just did not work. It did, and not it also work. didn't work. It also doesn't work because it's kind of counterproductive. Because, like you said, they're trying to they're trying to get Taz over as a shoot fighter or whatever. But then it turns out that he had to fucking pay off Tom Delgado to win the shoot fight against Jericho, who's not a shoot against fighter. Jericho, who's not a shoot fighter. <laughs> yeah. Like they should have been like ding, ding, ding. And he choked Jericho out in like 22 seconds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of this, they could have, they could have easily did a spot where um, they, they could have hit a high spot right at the beginning where Jericho, where Jericho could have won for one of them stupid lion salts. Taz could have moved in. Jericho could have landed on his feet, and Taz could have went right behind him. It could have been that quick, you know? Or it could have been a leapfrog, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, they just went, whatever you said his name was, Alfredo. Oh, t- Tom Delgado? <laughs> whatever. Yeah, this whole thing fucking reeked. It sucked. That's sad, considering the names that are involved. Because <laughs> I even wrote that it sounds good. And then, then yeah, wrote, like it's like like I said, I wrote down here. It, I can tell what they're trying to do, but they are completely failing in their execution then, of this. And then after it was all done, he choked him out. I'm like, okay, that was a boring fucking wet fart, whatever. <laughs> but then they were like, oh, now he's getting paid off. I'm like, so Taz didn't even actually win. The funniest thing. The funniest, the best thing about the whole segment, and I don't know if you noticed it or not, but the, the best thing about the whole segment was when, uh, what did you say his name was, Delgado? Sure. The, the sensei. Yeah. When when, uh, <laughs> when when Fonzie's paying him off, he tries to fuck him over, and the sensei's like, uh-uh, nope. Did you notice that? Like, Fonzie tries to short him a couple hundred bucks. I did think that did was he do? Did he do like, did he do like the, the, the smoky thing? Like 20, yeah, like, 40, yeah. 30, yes, and then flip yes, them on him and be like yeah. 60, 80. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, guy, the, the, the sensei guy caught him and was like, nope, 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 nope. Like, <laughs> like, I, just, I, I was like, 
I was like, that was that was fun. I, that was probably just those guys just probably did that to entertain themselves. Well, well, that, dude, that honestly, I, I didn't me. catch it, but that's a great that is a great point that that's attention to detail. Mm-hmm. It's keeping Fonzie in, in character. You know, he's even trying to cheat his own and guy. That, and that's why Fonzie's one of the best things about ECW <laughs> and the story. Like he's he's never not entertaining. Fonzie's fucking great. He's on crack. Most of the time. So I wrote down here so far, first candidate for the title for this week's episode, the shoot fighting mango. <laughs> and um, after we get this whole thing with the, uh, the Taz and, and uh, Jericho. Hmm? The, what? the Taz. Oh no, the, the Taz the and Taz. Jericho match. You didn't oh, let yeah. me finish. Um, right. We get our first Dudley's promo that features Devon Dudley. Doing the 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 commandments. One thing I wrote down here is uh, DW is still here. I didn't even know Dances with Dudley was still right, it was around. Hurt, remember, like a couple, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, they said everybody's curious about the condition of Dances with Dudley, and I was like, no, they're not. <laughs> right, so still I remember that. But it's like I said, we're going back to Devon. It's one of the best. It's one of the best fucking catchphrases ever. Thou shalt not fuck with the Dudley boys. It's a great fucking way to end a promo, man. Sell a shirt, too. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, the, this is, you know, we got that. We hit the first, like I said, the first, they don't really, they don't really give us too much into the Devon character yet, but they do show us, like Aaron said, he's, he's bringing a new, more aggressive, less comedic edge. Because even though even though Big Dick Dudley is in a quote unquote aggressive he don't character, talk. And, and it's almost still comedic, you know what I mean? He's yeah. still just and he's still hurt. Devon, yeah, he's always hurt. Yeah, he's always hurt. <laughs> this guy God. getting his SSI check. He's fine. Yeah, everybody knocks Big Dick. He could have been one of the best workers ever, but nobody ever knew because he's always fucking yeah, hurt. Dude. There's no chance he's the best worker ever. That dude could have been like Braun Strowman, just this big genetic freak that can do anything, and we never knew yeah. because his ACL was always fucked up. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure he was Big Dick Thunder Liger. I'm sure that was the name of the show. The big right Dick Thunder Liger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't happening. I don't, not even for the, one of the Savoldis, That wasn't happening. <laughs> He, he wasn't even the best guy. He wasn't even the best guy in ICW. <laughs> this show continues on its uh, trend of having something good or something bad, something good, something bad, something good. Because next is something I wrote down is very good. This is a really, really good squash oh. for the for the <laughs> eliminators. I, I, you know, I, I was, I was like, uh, Jericho and Taz was stupid. And then Devon comes in and then this squash match happens. And I actually enjoyed the match itself as, as a squash match goes for the eliminators. It's the eliminators against El Porto Ricano and Joel Hartgood. Yep. A another match that if I was still there, that I could definitely been inserted in. <laughs> Good Lord. I could have got my ass beat three or four times on that show. Did you know Joel Hartgood very well, Chad? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean we, I mean, us jobbers sat, sat together. Uh, he was a good dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he he was green. I mean, really, really green. Like that. The we're talking about less than a couple dozen matches, like green at that point, mm -hmm. like right out of school. Yeah, but he was a good dude. Yeah, because I I just I I wrote down here like every time and. and We've seen him for at least a few. I mean, what a year now, and I don't. And I was what the reason I asked was because I was wondering if it's an act or if it really was how he was. But every time he gets into one of these matches in ECW, man, he looks like a deer in the headlights. Like, what the fuck is happening to me? Like, and and if that if that was if that was intended, he did a great fucking job. Like, just looking petrified at every situation he was put in in ECW. I don't know. I don't know where he was trained or who trained him or anything. But I'm sure it wasn't a ACW style. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure he didn't see too much ECW when before he got there. It like you're right. It didn't seem like he knew like like he, all he knew was he was gonna like lose. 
Yeah, I mean, he just he, he just he literally he tags in or he gets in the ring and he's just like, oh god, things are happening to me. And I just I don't know. I find him fucking entertaining. Imagine, <laughs> imagine you were like he is probably what one hundred and seventy five pounds. Mm-hmm. In good shape. I mean, he was he was in shape, but like one hundred seventy five pound guy. He's a small dude. Green, green as grass, and you're looking across the fucking ring, and Perry Saturn's coming at you. I'd be like, "What the fuck is about to happen?" <laughs> like, like if there weren't people yeah. here, like, Saturn, like it's like if Saturn's, there weren't people here, and I'm assuming I'm about to be raped. I don't know what's yeah, happening. <laughs> Saturn's coming at you. Cronus is fucking cackling in the background. Yeah, pretty much. He he, he was a good dude, man. Like yeah, I, but like I said, he didn't know anything about what was going on in ECW. That was, he was not trained for any of that shit. <laughs> and El Puerto Ricano, like like literally, he told me out of his own out of his own mouth. He told me in a conversation that I was one of the guys that he looked up to. Like I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm getting killed every single week out here. And he's like, he, he just mentioned like my bumps and like I'm like, dude, it wasn't like bumps and selling. I was getting beat up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can do it just as good as I can, El Porto Rostenko. <laughs> he was a good dude, too. I had after a problem the, with him. After the squash match, where obviously the Eliminators go over, um, Saturn gets on the mic, calls out the gangsters. The gangsters come out. A brawl ensues. The locker room empties. They talk about... I thought... <laughs> I don't know why, and you guys tell me if it's stupid or not, but I I thought it was stupid that they said, oh, there's even undercover cops out here trying to break up this fight so that they could say that New Jack decked a cop. Like, if they're undercover cops... How did Joey know? Yeah. How, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I don't know. It is what it is. You know, they're trying to get the gangsters gimmick over. I understand, but it just came off silly. Like it was a little silly. It was just some guy in a t-shirt. Yeah, it's it Frank. Just Frank. It was probably that Delgado guy's brother or something. Frank Delgado. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's just go with it. The Delgados versus the Dudleys is our next feud. And then I forgot too, because like I was like, oh, El Port El Puerto Rico or the Puerto Rican or whatever. Um, I can never say his name the right way, so I just call him the Puerto Rican. I forgot that that guy made it to the WWE. Yeah. Who? El Puerto Rico or whatever is the Puerto Rican. He made, he it, made to it to the WWE. WWE? Yeah, he played Abu, and he was fucking Tiger Ali's servant. Oh, no shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I forgot about it. And I was like, what the fuck did this guy ever do after ECW? Because he wasn't bad. And well, you know what his like, name oh. used to be on the independents, right? It used to be Ubass. Yeah, Ubass. I knew that because he was like the reverse Sabu. I think he even does Ubass in ECW. But, like... I forgot, and then I, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm he was Babu. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. he's Babu. Babu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he ate Tiger Ali's toe jam. I forgot about that. <laughs> Great. I wonder if he saved any money from there. Well, the uh, essentially the story here, New Jack, of course, they, like I said, uh, that Joey puts over the top that he decked a cop, he decked a cop, which means that the gangsters get handcuffed and taken out, which is going to play into the next thing that we see. It's supposed to be a triple threat match, Sandman and Two Cold Scorpio versus the Headhunters versus the gangsters, but obviously the gangsters are not there because of being arrested. We have a whole thing here with the Headhunters, Sandman. You, you barely see Too Cold. He just spends most of this match on the outside of the ring, uh, probably not even wanting to get into this mix. Honestly, um, Nate, I didn't even know what to write down. <laughs> yeah, right? I wrote I wrote Sandman and Too Cold versus Headhunters. Damian Kane's here. Alexandria's here. Missy Hyatt's here. And then the gangsters come out. And it's just yeah. a big clusterfuck. I, I would love, I don't know why I didn't do it or I didn't think of it then, but I really should have started stealing the lineups that were, that were taped on the back of the doors. You know what I mean? 
because I would just love to look at them because it, it never said any of this stuff, anything on the on the rundowns of the sh- of the shows. So I would just love to have stolen them lineups just to see what originally was somehow booked or supposed to have taken place. You know, uh, yeah, that was that was just all, all over the place. Missy and Lady Alexandra get a cat <laughs> fight. The gangsters return and they attack the headhunters. Um, they were still in their handcuffs, I think, when they first came out, if I remember right. Yes. Um, there's a portion of the match where nobody's in the ring, and they're all brawling all over the place, and Sandman is just fucking up other Lou Albano. Like, he's laying in <laughs> the guy. <laughs> what do you call Lou that, Albano one with the leather or something? Leather, leather Lou Albano. Albano. <laughs> That's classic. And then the Eliminators get involved again. I mean, I do like the fact that we haven't actually, if you remember right, like, other than once, we haven't even gotten, like, a match between the Eliminators and the Gangsters. Like, because they just keep attacking each other. It's like, we can't get these guys into the ring legally, because they just keep fucking attacking each other. Like, I like that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that. Aaron, because they Joey Styles brings it up all the time. That whether it's the airport, anywhere, you know what I mean? He he says it like almost every single time that you cannot put these two guys like in the same building because it's gonna happen, you know, which is great because you never know when it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna happen. The uh after this whole segment which is half effective. We get Joey Styles back and he shows us the match or the end of the match that is going. What he shows us next actually happens before the match that they show us this quick highlight from. And I'd have actually rather seen the match. Uh, it's Ravian, Ravian, Ravian. Ravian. Yes. It's Raven versus Davian. Fabian. Fabian. <laughs> Wasn't that like, like a it. 70s pop star, Fabian? <laughs> I think, I think, I don't know, Fabian, it sounds more like 50s. I don't fucking know, I don't know. But I know it's Raven and Damien, and I like Damien, and I like Raven, so I actually would have liked to see this match. Yeah, I I guess, I don't know, again, I don't know, I just wrote down Raven, Meanie, Richards, <laughs> some girl. Yeah, we, we well, this is the we see Raven or we see Blue Meanie doing Shawn Michaels. We see Stevie, his first time as Big Stevie Cool. I don't think they call him that yet, but he's acting like Diesel. Um, he called some, him Big Stevie. He called him Big Stevie Putts. <laughs> some 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 woman comes out and puts whipped cream on Meanie's belly button, and then somehow this all results in Raven smacking Kimono Wanalea. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Like, I don't know I, I put, was, but she was hot though. I put Raven is out with Kimona, Stevie, and Nini, and then they proceed to beat up Kimona for no reason. Yeah, yeah. like I didn't because he, didn't, he smacks her. Raven, Raven smacks her, and then Stevie's like, "Ah, oh, what'd you do that for?" And then he just starts stomping her. I'm like, "What is going on?" Because originally, I actually have some of my notes scribbled out here because this all went so fast. It was so confusing that originally I thought Raven hit the whipped cream lady. <laughs> I was like, why did Ra- why did Raven hit the hooker? Oh wait, he hit he hit Kimona. Now really, why did he hit Kimona? I had no idea what the fuck was going on here. I mean, yeah, way, I don't know who the girl was. I don't know. I, I don't. You know, I don't know anything. Like you said, it was just all so much going on. <laughs> Typical ECW. Yeah. But Fabian. after that, after the <laughs> after that, Joey Styles says that this coming Saturday at the ECW Arena, Kimona has secrets about Raven, and she will tell all at the ECW Arena. Did did she? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I think I, she was gone after when, this. Well, actually, when I when I saw this all go down, I I I was thinking in my head, is this just like you know they're just gonna fuck? Is this a way for them to fuck Douglas? Like is Kimona just is this a story where she's still no? It, it turns into it turns in, it turns into some. 
Okay. Oh, good. I, don't, I, I mean, I won't spoil it. I don't want anybody that hasn't seen it yet, seeing as though it's happened fucking 30 years ago. But well, and there's so <laughs> much, To be honest with you, though, there are things in ECW that, as we watch this show, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Like, yep. I, I, don't, oh, this I don't remember any of it. Let's turn into something. Good. At least something did. Up next, I wrote down a match where stuff happens. It's the Pitbulls and Tommy Dreamer against the Bruise Brothers and Brian Lee. And this is this is one of those matches where just, I don't know how to take notes on something like this. So I just wrote down a bunch of ECW shit happens. Like it's just hard. It's hard to take notes on these 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 matches where just everybody's it, everybody's doing shit everywhere but in the ring. And it's not that it's not entertaining. It's just hard to keep notes on the shit. Like you I said, you got to take in consideration. They also pretty much had one camera besides the hard cam. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll see. I'll see notes. Uh, and, and I got to <laughs> give I got to give props to somebody here. I'll go back through the the archives of the pro wrestling torch. And sometimes I will see notes on matches and stuff that Wade Keller took. I'm like that son of a bitch is a note taken attention to detail. I got to give him fucking credit, man. Cause Wade Keller, you read his description of this and it is detailed. I'm like, how did that son of a bitch even keep up with any of this? <laughs> Good on you, Wade. Cause I could never, I could never do that. The, the way like these are this. like, this is literally my notes. Typical ECW brawl, super bomb on Brian Lee, Raven stops pinfall. Double boot concerto on Tommy Dreamer. The winners, DOA. <laughs> right? Pretty much. Just anything in the Dreamer and the Bruise Brothers and all that. It's just going to be what it's going to be what it is. Everybody totally hides the Bruise Brothers for being yeah. terrible. And everybody's wearing all black. You know, sometimes you don't know who's who or what's what. Like, is that a Bruise Brother? Is that a Brian Lee? Is that a Tommy Dreamer with a wig? I don't know what the fuck's going on. And don't forget, the Bruce Brothers are twins. Yeah, even to add even more confusion. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but yeah, like Aaron said, um, essentially uh, the there's an aftermatch brawl after um, after Dreamer gets pinned. Raven comes out. Raven and Tommy, of course, have their shit. They're, Raven gets put on a table, and uh, Dreamer, quote-unquote, as Joey says, sacrifices himself to be put through the table. That took way too long. <laughs> yes. Like, way too long. Yeah. And I'm going to, like, pick Tommy up and put, like... Like they were like just standing still, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Nothing. Was Gary Wolf? Was Gary Wolf like, "I don't know if I can lift you, Tommy." <laughs> yeah, didn't they kind of just kind of like, yeah, half ass put him on the table? Like, didn't like Dreamer even help him? Like slide on the table a little bit or something? You know, I hate that, man. I, I hate yeah. that. When the so guy that, helps him do that spot. Yeah, the end of it was all too drawn out and long. And again, it's it's the melodramatic. I always say Tommy Dreamer is such community theater. You know, yeah, melodramatic. Put upon, Tom, put upon Tommy. I guess I'll put myself through the table. Because <laughs> he's like, hardcore. He sounds like droopy dog. <laughs> he's got to be hardcore. Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer as Tommy Dreamer as Droopy Dog. That is now the new. <laughs> I'm Droopy Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, woe is me! He's got to pop Mary Kate and Bella. His two rats. Good night. But after all this mess, we get the. Uh... The Pulp Fiction, of course, at the end of the show. Um, Vinny Panzienza likes ECW. Yeah, for anybody who knows that, who that is. He's got good pizza. <laughs> he knocked a chicken out at WrestleMania 15. 
Yes, he did. And that's uh, oh, who was he? It was the, it was the, the boxer guy that was at WrestleMania 14. Oh, he's a little tiny legitimate bo- boxer. Yeah, he's yeah. a little tiny boxer. Oh, okay. I didn't know who he was. As the Tasmanian Devil. I he's thought he was an Guido. That's he's funny. Little, he's a little, he's a little Guido just went around knocking people out. Hold me oh. close, hold me close, a tiny boxer. Yeah, dude. I totally. I don't watch boxing. I thought he was just an actor. I, I really did. <laughs> From the Sopranos. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he he's a little tiny guy that can fuck you up. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, I wrote a question mark next to his name because I'm not—I'm not even sure I even had the last name even spelled anywhere near how it was. I—I think—I think he might even been smaller than Floyd Mayweather, but he could fuck in in his day. He could have fucked you up. He wasn't fucking me up. It'd be like ten hits before he even knew what the fuck happened. He was a badass, but okay, I'll take your word for it. I'm just not a boxing guy. It's not fake that I know of. It's it's all oh, fake. Man. All of it's a work. Yep. Boy, um, but that's okay. Whenever whenever big money's involved, there's some sort of a work. But that's a whole that's a that's another show for another in another day. Dude, I um, heard it I heard it straight out of the commissioner's mouth in Maryland, man. When old man Lou must have been in his early nineties. I asked him about like other sports, and he, he said, "If money's involved, it's fake. It's a work." Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we get through the Pulp Fiction here, and you guys can throw in anything you caught up on. But I, you know, you got Douglas Shane Douglas on the title match coming up. Raven, of course, sulking. Um, J.T. Smith sings Sinatra. Fly me to the moon. Yeah, typical it typical pop fiction. Uh, Damien Kane and Alexandria. Taz and, Taz and Fonzie. Brian Lee wants to fight Tommy Dreamer. My favorite <laughs> part, my favorite part of the whole pulp fiction this week, Perry Saturn cuts a long, elaborate, passionate promo about wanting to pretty much cut the heads off the gangsters and he walks away and fucking fucking uh Cronus goes bitch <laughs> and I fucking love that I man I fucking that I was rolling he's like bitch and he just <laughs> stares there he just stands there and stares <laughs> yeah bitch yeah, yeah Perry's like we're gonna take you down we're gonna slit your throats we're gonna murder you we're gonna beat the black off of you you're not even gonna be able to be recognized by your parents <laughs> and Cronus is like yeah, bitch. <laughs> and he just stands there and stares. I thought that was fucking great, man. I love that shit. That was great. It's the dichotomy of like the like the two teams are so fucking similar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's this little short built guy like Perry, and that and he's cutting the great fucking promos, and then you got this bigger guy that's just. A fucking goddamn Looney Tune, yeah, and it's the same way with the gangsters. Like, new Jack's great cutting these great fuck. It's new Jack's cutting these great fucking promos, and here's Mustafa just fucking. It's like it's like two. It's like mice and men. <laughs> yes, like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Like Lenny, the little bad, it's the little badass guy with his big retarded friend, Festus. <laughs> Gotta tend to the rabbits, George. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, me, Tell me about the crack, Jack. <laughs> but overall, actually, it's funny because, and uh, and I know, I know. Somebody might differ with me on this. This is the first time that we've done one of these shows that I actually gave the show. I didn't give it an A. And I didn't give it an A plus, but I actually gave this show an A minus because other than Jericho and Taz, I thought this show succeeded on every level. And 
Aaron, I know you've said it before a few times. East, you know, we as we go through this, feels starting to feel like the ECW we remember. This is the first one that really clicked with me. I was like, this is this is fucking ECW right here. So that's yeah. just my opinion. This is my opinion. I and I know I'm I'm a lot harder on these shows than you guys are. I'm usually around the C the C mark mo- for most of the shows all the time. Mm-hmm. This one I totally just gave a B. Like I enjoyed it. Um, nothing really lagged for me. Yeah. That, yeah, and like that- I said, even even the Taz Jericho thing, even though it, it, it everything's not always successful, you have to try. So even that whole thing, even though it didn't it to us it didn't go over well, I could at least see what they were trying to do. You know, it wasn't yeah, a complete, totally. it wasn't a complete failure. So yeah, I yeah, actually it was gave a, good, it was a pretty good show. To me, and like I said, the, the, the only thing to me is the fact that for one, like that task thing, it went it, it went longer than what it should have. But even if it would have went that long, it was the payoff part of it that I thought right. was dumb. Right. Like if they would have done that whole segment, and it would have just been Taz choking out Jericho, I'd have been, and it went that amount of time, I've been like, I would have been fine with it. I'm like, don't try to get this guy over as a fucking shoot fighter, and he had to fucking pay somebody off to help him win. Yeah. That's the only thing I thought was dumb on the whole show. I'd give it a, I'd give it a B plus. All right, so we're all in the ballpark then. It's going to take a really good show for me to get into the A into the A ranks. But yeah, I gave it a solid B. That's even better than what I wrote down because I wrote down B minus. But the more we started talking about it and the more that things popped into my head, I was like, yeah, that was pretty a pretty decent show. That happens to me a lot of times too when we're doing these shows. Like I'll write my notes and stuff and then as I hear Chad's opinion or Aaron's opinion, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was better than I probably thought it was. Or I see that little, you know, like the little thing that like if somebody noticed something I didn't notice, like I noticed the the, the whole little shtick with, with uh, Fonzie and the, the sensei guy and it's like, oh yeah, that's funny. And But yeah, you do. Sometimes, sometimes your score changes as you go through the podcast. And also not to like harp on or not to knock on modern stuff. It's like, look how much they put into like 45 fucking minutes. And then you watch a wrestling show now and it's like two and a half hours long. And it's like nothing happens. <laughs> or is this, so yeah, is this ever, ever, so so ever going to end? Yeah. But so much shit they put into like 45 minutes. It's fucking amazing. That's why I'm so glad there's nothing good on TV because it takes me almost a whole week to watch Raw. <laughs> if they would come up with a better TV show for me to watch, then I probably wouldn't watch it at all. Well, that being said, we're going to wrap it up this week. Um, Chad, Aaron, any parting words for our listeners? Nah, man. Look out Look out for me. You know, Follow me on all the socials. You can just find me. I ain't that hard. Especially if you're single one in Knoxville. Fake. <laughs> join, join Chad's Facebook group. There's spies and trannies and dude. All I swear it's the same person. Bots and like Russians a, and <laughs> it's like a John Walters movie over there. As a matter of fact, one of them is supposed to message me at eleven oh. o'clock. <laughs> I told him I had to do it. I told Frank I told and showing up at the door. <laughs> I told I told whoever it was that I had to do a show. I had to stop talking to him, and then I and I said I'll be done around ten thirty quarter of. And he said, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll message you at eleven o'clock." <laughs> it's gonna be uh It's gonna be oh, what's the what's the fucking uh thing's name from Hairspray? <laughs> Damn it, I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about, Aaron? Yeah, that's what's gonna show up, Chad. Just turn your lights off. <laughs> Pretend you're asleep. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even looking forward to any of this. But at least <laughs> it gets me through the day. Fuck. Or just turn your lights off and pretend. <laughs> yeah, because nobody's nobody's real anyway. I don't know how I get myself into this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, I don't. And and I, you could you could tell me that it's the same person that just 
keep following me, following me around, just changing the picture, you know, or changing anything about them. And I, you know, it'd be, you know, it'd be the same thing. Cause I know as soon as I get off of here, I'm going to get a message. Dude wants to come over to my house and fucking get drunk. And then he asked me if I was bi. That's why I said goodbye. He can't be having that. I do stupid stuff when I'm drunk, but I never get that fucking stupid. <laughs> divine. Divine. That's oh. what it just came to me. Divine. <laughs> was Divine in Hairspray or was she in that other one? No, like, you're right. Dog shit. Yeah. I think both. I think both, but... I'm looking. Like, I'm looking for the. I'm looking for the girl that runs in and kisses Mini, but I get Divine. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Divine art. Divine already ate the whipped cream. There's none of that. She also ate dog shit. Great. That's what I got. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
because I had Undertaker and I took like one of those um those soft case VHS boxes, you know, the like the ones that opened up. Like he yeah. didn't slide the VHS like that was Taker's uh casket. Remember I had him put I had him put I had to put Hogan in the casket and then push the casket off of a ledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my brother was um almost two years older than me. And he was having friends coming over and they were getting ready to go out and go drinking and everything. And I'm just sitting in my fucking bedroom fucking having my own little WrestleMania. Because my, my bedroom was right on the first floor by the front door where they had to walk out. So when you walk out of the front door and to the right, there was a window there. And I never had like no blinds or anything. So they could look in and see me fucking playing with my figures like on a Friday or Saturday night. And they're all getting ready to go out and get all fucked up. Chase <laughs> girls and all. I didn't have fake blood, but I used their mom's like red dye number two food coloring, and that was like the the blood. Oh yeah, dude! When Halloween came around, and he they sold that fake blood, I'd go in and buy it all. And they would always question like, why am I buying like ten things of all this fake blood? I go back when I had more money to get. It was like nine. It was like sixty nine cents or whatever. But yeah, I had blood. Like, why are you buying all this? It's like, why are you buying all this? Like WrestleMania seven. Yeah, in my bedroom. Big payoff. <laughs> Crimson I had, mask. Yeah, I had. Uh, I, I I somehow came across a little tiny bell, like real small. I just tied a piece of string to it. It was a fucking bull rope. I mean, dude, I had I had Mean Gene was you know I did all my 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 interviews by ringside. So, of course, somebody, like Gordon Soley, so of course somebody's going to run out and attack him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. By the way, did you hear? I don't know if you if you caught, you probably didn't catch it or not. But, like, last week or two weeks ago, um, they bumped Tony Schiavone on AEW. And mm-hmm. even, even Meltzer said it, that it was the first time that they ever bumped a commentator. Like anybody said, I was like, dude, don't you remember how Roddy Piper turned babyface in eighty fucking three, <laughs> or, or eighty, or, whatever it was, eight eighty one or eighty two or whatever? Like when they well, bump cords, Vince got hit with a chair. Yeah, Flair hit Vince with a chair. And what year was that? That was ninety one. Because that was that was when the Piper was doing commentary on Superstars. And Flair went to crack Piper with the chair, and he he you know Piper whatever ducked or whatever, and he accidentally quote unquote accidentally cracked Vince, oh. and that's when they started the whole Flair with a chair thing. <laughs> Are they trying to say it was the first time in AEW or the first time ever? Right, he, he just said it was the first time. Um, I, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but the way I read it was like the first time a commentator got bumped. I'm like, dude, 1980, like fucking two, whatever, when Gordon Soley got bumped. Like yeah, a turned Piper baby face. Morocco bumped him. Knocked his what fucking about, bottle of fucking um bourbon right out of his fucking hand. What about yeah, all the, the times they, what about all the times they bumped Jim Ross <laughs> to uh, try to yeah. embarrass him in the attitude era? Yeah, the, the, the flare with the chair thing was like what got Roddy out of the booth and got him back into the ring and everything. So uh, yeah. I guess he I guess he must have meant like um, you know, at at, at a different time, but I guess he meant like Older times or whatever, but right. I was just like, dude, commentators begin. Bob Cottle got bumped before, I believe. <laughs> I, actually, I think he just fell down. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. I don't think anybody came out. He he must have saw one too many Angela Mosca Junior matches. He just gave up. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's see here. This is April sixteenth, right? Yes. 